Bhumakyanatimirandasya gyananjana sadakaya Chakshurunmilitam enatasmai shri gurave namaha Bande shri krishna chaitanya nityananda sohodito Gurudaye pushpavanto chitrausando tumonudo He krishna karuna sindo dina bandhu jagatpate Gopisha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavanishwari Prashabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Shri Radhastami Mahamospatiti Ki Jai Read a little bit from Chaitanya Charitamrita Continuing from our reading over the last few days from chapter 4 of the Adi Lila which explains the confidential reasons for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes which are centered on the ecstasy or love of Radha for Krishna. So, Kaviraj Goswami says, Krishnere karai jaiche rasashpodhan kridar sahai jaiche shunavibharan Please now listen to how Lord Krishna's consorts help him taste rasa and how they help his pastimes. Krishna Kanta Gaon Deki Tribhita Prakar Eklakshmi Gaon Puri Mahishi Gaonar Beloved consorts of Lord Krishna are three kinds. The goddesses of fortune, the queens, and the milkmaids of Braja who are the foremost of all. These consorts all proceed from Radhika. Abhutari Krishna jaiche kore abhutar angshini radha huite tin ganer bishtar Just as the fountainhead, Shri Krishna is the cause of all incarnations, so Shri Radha is the cause of all of these consorts. Dvibhav gan diena Tanra Anga Vibhuti Bimba Pratibimba Rupa Mahishira Tati The goddesses of fortune are all partial manifestations of Radhika and the queens are reflections of her image to different technical terms. Lakshmi Gaon Tanra Vaibhav Bilasang Swarup Mahishi Gaon Vaibhav Prakash Swarup The goddesses of fortune are all her plenary portions, Vaibhava Bilas Rupa. The queens are her Vaibhava Prakash. Akar Swabhav Bede Braj Devigan Kaibhuha Rupatana Rasera Karan. The Braj Devis, the gopis of Braja, have diverse bodily features. They are her expansions. It's called Kaya-vyuha, another kind of expansion, and are the instruments for expanding rasa. Bahukandu vina nahi rasera ulasa, lilar sahai lagi bahut prakash. Without many consorts, there is not such exaltation in rasa. And therefore, there are many manifestations of Radharani to assist in Lord Krishna's pastimes. Tarmadye braje nana bhava rasa bhede 
कृष्णा के काराय रासादिका लीलास्वादे Among them are various groups of concerts in Braj who have varieties of sentiments and mellows. They help Lord Krishna taste all the sweetness of the rasa dance and other pastimes. Gubinda Nandini Radha, Gubinda Mohini, Gubinda Sarvasva, Sarvokanti Shiromani. Now he gives some names for Radharani who quote the tantras to support these names and explain them in some, some depth. But here, previous to this, he's given some tattva, about shakti tattva, truth about the shakti, just as Krishna's and the um, source of all incarnations, so Radha's the source of all shakti. So, while we differentiate between the two and say one is not as much as the other and so on and so forth, Lakshmi, for example, is, is it much of a compliment to say that Radharani is more transcendentally beautiful and attractive than Lakshmi? No, not much of a compliment. Because the queens in Dwarka are more so. And for that matter, and all the Brajdevis, all the gopis are, are more competent to satisfy the Lord than the queens in Dwarka. And Radharani is more competent than all of the gopis together. So, Amongst all the Gokul Tarani, and she is the most exalted. So we differentiate like this for the sake of discussing the Leela and emphasizing the transcendental variety. We differentiate on the basis of what? Rasavichar, not Tatpavichar. Now he's giving Tatpavichar. And what is he saying in terms of Tatpavichar? In terms of analysis, Vichar, from the point of view of Tatva, what is his point? His point is, just like we say, Krishna and all his incarnations are one. They're not different. Same person. So, Radha and all these Shaktis, they're all one. They're not different. But then when we analyze from the point of view of Rasa, then we make a difference. We see a difference. And certain qualities are manifest, and, and which makes for certain patterns, which brings out what? Something out of Bhagavan. Dwarka queens are bringing something out of Bhagavan that Lakshmi is not bringing out. It's the Shakti that's bringing out, showcasing him. They behind every man, great man, there's a there's a woman. They say something like that. So this this, this Shakti is is bringing him out to different degrees. So the queens are bringing him out more. Who he is, what there is to know about him, to to rejoice about him, and Brajagopis even that much more, and Radha. Supremely so. Therefore, it's sometimes said that Swayam Bhagavan, the original Krishna, is the one standing next to Radha. There you see the full picture of Krishna. Even we, we learn from Jayadev Goswami's Gita Govinda, he has Vasant Rasalila, springtime Rasalila that is described there. And a portion of that, a few verses are mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita. There. Krishna is hiding in the, in the forest from the gopis. And he left the Rasa dance, and he allows himself to be seen. They come before him, but he manifests as four-handed Narayan. And they see him, and what do they do? They pay obeisances to him, and they ask, you know, where, where is Krishna? Now, what happened when he came before Radharani then, at that time? He tried to show his forearms before her, but the power of her love 
made it impossible for him. So that uh, form of Krishna corresponds really with her heart, the original two-handed form of Krishna. He's controlled by her love. He can't show himself any other way, and he shows himself more fully there. So, in terms of tattva Krishna, that's Kaviraj Goswami saying, they're all the same. When we analyze from rasa, these are different expressions of the shakti, different extents to which the shakti is shining, like the moon shine shows the moon. So you have the moon, it's always got a shine. And, and if it didn't have a shine, you wouldn't know about it, right? So moon is sometimes like Krishna, Krishna Chandra. But without a shine, we wouldn't know about him. What if the shine is, is like, um, it's like reflected light? So the Shakti is like Bhagwan, but indirectly. So not only the Shaktis are one, as is being described here, they're also one with Bhagwan and different from Bhagwan. So they're in indirect manifestation of the Absolute. And they shine light on the Absolute in such a way that they bring out what otherwise would not be known. In Brahman, these wonderful secrets, even of Vaikuntha, are not known. What to speak of the Brajalok? So you have the moon and you have the shine. And then you have the moon shining in different different phases, something like that. So they're bringing out, to different extent, the Radharani is bringing out the full moon of Krishna Chandra, the full like illumination of the questions about God, darkness, issues, uh, the, the unknown. This is her glory. So this this has to be understood, otherwise we enter into the Leela, we, if we don't have this foundation, then we, we may make mistakes there, we may make offenses there. You know, there's discussion of this Gopi and that Radharani competing with Chandravali and so on and so forth. Until we enter into Bhava, and we can't make too strong statements. In Bhava, then, great devotees like Raghunathas Goswami, when he was at Radhakund, and one girl came carrying some, like, yogurt, and asked, and wanted to offer him some him, to him, sadhu there. And he said, oh, thank you very much. What village are you coming from? And she mentioned the village, and that's the place where Chandravali's camp is, and he wouldn't take anything from that. <laughs> because of his fidelity in his swarup to Radha's camp. But this is very high. So there you find this argument and strong talk and, and criticizing and, and so on and so forth. But that is all has a foundation in tattva. This is the difference of religious expression or ecstatic expression of the philosophy that underlies, that is obeyed, that it's non-dual. It's non-dual it means, it means many things, but it means it's not like the world of our mind of goods and bads and happies and sads and friends and enemies and the criticism that, that goes with it, the partisanship and the bias and so forth. But there is a bias and a party spirit there. But it's arising out of this foundation in tattva that upon arriving at which one has transcended the prejudices or the bias of the, of the mind and, the, and what Prahlad described the world as friends and enemies, making friends and enemies. Well, he's like, we often say, entryway into, into spiritual life. And Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur used to like to say 
that bhajan, cultivating these moods and so forth, very high thing, this will be performed on the platform of Advaigyan Tattva. This will effectively be performed when reaches this, becomes situated in this tattva. It means with realization of sambandhagyan. We are getting theory, sambandhagyan, knowledge of, of Krishna and, and the world and the jivas and, and how it all works together and, and so forth. The kind of uh, sambandhagyan we're getting here about how all these shaktis are all emanating from Radha. They're all partial expressions of her love for Krishna, which have been a corresponding manifestation of Krishna, including in Narayan and Vaikuntha and so forth. And it even comes into the material world in a partial way, in the consorts of the, of the great gods, like like Shiva, like Indra, Indra's Sachi, Shiva's Parvati, Shiva's Sati, and so on. Fountainhead of Shakti Tattva. So we're getting this kind of sambandhagam, this kind of knowledge, so we can get properly, conceptually oriented to proceed with our bhakti. So one thing is to gather that information, theoretically, and another thing is, is to have realization. So when he said that this bhajan is performed on the, on the platform of Advaigyan Tattva, he meant with realization of that, having transcended friends and enemies, then we really are in a position we are have realized, in a basic sense, our likeness to the Supreme, our, our oneness. Just like, if you want to enter the fire, you're going to have to be made out of fire in order to endure there. This is deep in Brahman, the Great One. These are the secrets, the secret life of Brahman. So to enter there, you have to be Brahman. You have to be of that consciousness. Yeah, unfettered by the influence of the Maya Shakti, which is causing us to think, to to make distinctions that are not, that are relative only to the mind, and the sense is the covering of influence of material nature. So, we were going deep into Brahman, and of course, to how we know the secrets of Brahman. Like it said, that if you love someone, they will reveal their secrets. So our approach is bhakti. It's not other than bhakti, but we have a certain level of eligibility to perform bhakti, to engage in bhakti, adhikar, and so we shall engage accordingly. And it's important at the beginning stage to understand these theoretical truths and the tattva and so forth. That will then inform our practice and our culture of sharanagati. It's very practical. A sharanagati, if we understand who he is, Krishna, then the worthiness of surrendering to him comes to bear, and how, at the same time, we're not unsurrendered, we're incarcerated for that matter, <laughs> we're tortured, we're, we're under like uh, the torturous regime, and the, the folly is that we think we're free and independent, to do as we like, one thing, you wave a flag of surrender, and then they, okay, they, okay, well, We'll capture him, we've got to treat him according to the Geneva Convention, you know, fairly and so forth. No, it's not like that. We don't think we're surrendered. We have no white flag to raise, but we're actually being tortured. We're so deluded under the influence of that torture, we've started to like it. So, (laughs) 
that will be revealed. So negative impetus for surrender, because this someone again reveals the nature of Maya Shakti and so forth. This is, Bhagavatam is considerable information about Maya Shakti. Just like you know, we'll discuss it as we go on over the days now, celebrating Radhastami, how Bhagavatam is all about Radha. Sometimes we call it Radha Bhagavatam. People may wonder. You know, it's about kings and dynasties and things. It's about some ancient cosmology, conception of the cosmology, and, and so on and so forth. It's a difficult book to understand. But take that cosmology. What is it all about, that whole thing? You know, they're, trying to, they're trying to sort out how close is the moon and the sun, and how does this all work, and make a computer diagram of it, and then try to convince the scientific community that this is really what it's like out there. You know, forget your telescopes. Just look at the Bhagavatam. But to just look at the Bhagavatam is just not so easy. And to see what's really being said there, we need good guidance for that. Sukadev says it in the beginning, but we'll, we miss it. You know, a couple lines here and there tell so much before a story begins in the Bhagavatam. You know, Parikshit Marsh wanted to know, tell me about the material nature, which I'll... It's all moving under the direction of Bhagwan, because by that, my love for him will develop that much more. And Sukadev says, "Well, I mean, I tell you what I know, but I mean, it's unlimited. It's unfathomable, material nature, the Maya Shakti, and basically what it is is a combination of the modes of material nature. This is like the three shells, the magic of Krishna. You got three shells, and which one is the pea under?" You know, and he moves it like this. Which one? And you think you've got it, and it's, it's the third one. No, it's the fourth one. He does it again. You can't ever get it. This is Maya, Vishnu Maya. Just fascinating, fascinating. Like I've told the story before, when I was young, sannyasi. I think it was the year I took sannyas. Year, or maybe the year after, and the building in New York had opened and. We'd gotten for property in Manhattan, eleven-story building. And he always, you know, he came to Manhattan as a beggar, begging on behalf of Krishna, door to door. And this was the huge triumph for him to be in the eleventh story of a skyscraper in Manhattan, uptown Manhattan. It was Seventh Avenue, I think, something like that. Anyway, that was, you know, a victory for Krishna consciousness. And uh, anyway, I was sitting up there on the eleventh floor with Prabhupada and. And he said to me, have you seen the ladies of New York? And I didn't know, was he testing me or what? You know, I've told this story before, but it's worth repeating. And, um, and I just sat there, and then he began to talk. And, and he said, they're so fascinating and so beautiful, and talking about how charming they are. And, and they said, and all the men are completely captivated by them. And all these buildings are going up. Uh, he's talking about the Maya Shakti and how it's energizing and making things. Shakti makes things happen. His life. So he, drew, he was like observing Vishnu Maya and just fascinated by it. So this is what Parikshit Marsh wants to hear from Sukadev. And he says, well, you know, I'll tell you what I can. It's like the three shells. It's, all, it's, it's like this, this combination of the modes of material nature and you can't get a handle on it. It's magic, the whole thing. And the historians, they've said, the Puranic historians, they've said like this. I'll, I'll explain it according to them. But he's basically saying, this is wonderful. Good question. Vishnu Maya, it's unlimited. And he gives this explanation that no one can understand. And then the trick is not to try to understand the details of the, 
of the whole thing. But to understand, oh, this is this is fascinating. This is Vishnu Maya. And this is just the the Shakti that governs the material world, and it's full of mysteries and fascinating. And the scientists are looking in a little telescope and in a little microscope, but at the tiniest, you know, piece, and just fascinated by it. And then with the telescope into the skies and finding, you know, the big planets, new planets, and demoting planets, and and finding new planets, and and so forth. And it's just totally consuming. We're consumed by it without even looking deeply into it. There's no end to it. This is the idea. And what is it? It's the Shakti of Bhagavan. Where does that Shakti come from? Radhika. It's all about Radhika, you see. It's about her love for Krishna. It ultimately comes to that. It's all building up to that. So even that section we see, oh, this is what it's about. That Devi, she's partial manifestation of, of Radha, governing the material world. And, you know, all the kings and so forth. And, you know, you're supposed to learn from it. Well, it's folly to try to become a king and amass material wealth. You won't be happy. It goes so far that Krishna himself becomes a king. When you get up to the tenth canto, Krishna becomes a king in Dwarka, prince. And he's unhappy. <laughs> and why is he unhappy? Because he, because he cannot satisfy Radha in that position. He cannot even have her association fully. And say, this is what the whole Bible tells us. This is what it's, what it's about. Who know, who are feelers, tasters, who have understood the tattva, have realization, we can hear Bhagavatam from them. Then we can find the spirit of that. Then we can find Radha, like I say, on every page. Sometimes they call it Radha Bhagavatam and so forth. So it's important to understand this uh, tattva. You know, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, an important statement of tattva for the Bhagavatam. Out of this, understanding this will come the capacity, the uh, impetus, positive and negative impetus. We understand that there is considerable negative impetus and we'll get what we couldn't understand just by being in the world, positive impetus from the Bhagavatam, the glory, the beauty of Krishna, the charm and so forth of, of Radha Govinda. On both sides, the impetus to do Sharanagati, to flourish in Sharanagati, to put up the white flag and come out then of the prison of material nature. And then on that platform to actually do bhajan. Then you make these distinctions and so forth and so on. And you can criticize like Raghunath, Das, Niskopi and that one. We could be charmed by their bhava, but if we inordinately jump in and start criticizing Chandrabali or Lakshmi, who is she? We may be subject to... uh, Offense. After all, again, from the point of view of Tattva, these are all manifestations of the ideal of our love. If we have our ideal is Radha's love for Krishna, these are all partial manifestations of that. So, those who are in a position to criticize have actually fully understood the extent to which Radha's love is manifest there, fully honored that, passed through that. We haven't even begun to love Narayan like Lakshmi who's there glued at his feet the perfect chaste wife everybody wants her everybody wants Lakshmi's blessing she's only with Narayan 
Nobody wants us, practically. <laughs> We're selling ourselves, advertising ourselves, here, there, and everywhere. And a little interest in Krishna. He's in a little box in the room. There he is. Something like that. So we want love like Radha for Krishna. That kind of ideal, the Vrindavan love. But it's a high thing. And we should understand that all these other Queen, Sadwarka, Lakshmi, Samadhas, they are all of that and more is there. So these, this should come within us as we understand uh, properly the tattva. Without that, then we inordinately make criticisms and so forth, and we hurt our case only. We think we're glorifying Radha, but we're actually deprecating an aspect of her love for Bhagwan. So with some some caution. So this way he makes this very nice point that from the point of view of tattva, like you want to say, if you talk about the leela, therefore it'll be difficult for people to understand. There's this competition going on and and criticisms and so forth, just like the material world, just like look like some young girls fighting with one another. But in Brajlila, all these gopis are manifestations of Radha for the sake of pleasing Krishna, bringing out different moods, bringing out the competition, to bring out sentiments in him that wouldn't be there otherwise. The whole of Radha herself, this verse that's under discussion here, says Radha Krishna Pranai, the love, Pranai, of Radha and Krishna, Ladini Shakti Rasmad. It's under the influence of the Ladini Shakti, not the Maya Shakti. Therefore, what is Ladini Shakti? Ladini means joy, ananda. Under the Maya Shakti, everything is really miserable. There's some joy, but it only leads to misery because it's based on ignorance. There's joy in relation to things that don't endure, and then when we, we're attached to them, they disappear, they cause us suffering, and so forth. They're not what they make, may they make themselves out to be, or what we make them out to be, by our you know subjective vision. And that realm, it's all happy. So point is what? Even the goodness here is tinged with badness. Even the non-competition and, and, and so forth is not pure. And there, even the, the most severe criticism, which seems inappropriate for civilized, respectful people, is, is full of joy, ananda, it's perfect. It's a whole different affair. Ladini Shakti Rasmat He's one, this Krishna, and he becomes two. These affairs are possible when the one becomes two. So the Radha coming out of Krishna makes possible the Rasa in a big way. We'll discuss that more over the days. And then she expands herself and so as so many gopis. So it's a very different affair. Therefore it's important to understand this kind of tattva and Krishna Daskaviraj Goswami is laboring in this regard as he goes into the explanation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's internal reasons for coming. He's a sannyasi, but he's Krishna, appearing as a sannyasi to taste Radha's love. This is very esoteric and requires considerable explanation. Now, he says, citing different names for Radha, Gubinda Nandini Radha, Gubindu Mohini. Govinda Sarvasva Sarvakanta Shivamani. Radha is the one who gives pleasure to Govinda. And she's also the enchantress of Govinda. 
She's the be-all and end-all of Govinda and the crest jewel of all of his consorts. He quotes a Praman verse for this from um, the Tantra, Brihad Gautamiya Tantra. Devi Krishna Mai Prokta Radhika Paradevata Sarvalakshmi Mai Sarva Kanti Sammohini Para The transcendental goddess Radha is the direct counterpart of Lord Krishna. She is the central figure for all the goddesses of fortune. She possesses the attractiveness to attract the all-attractive personality of Godhead. She is the primeval internal potency of the Lord. So these are all different names. He's given them in Bengali. Now they're in, he's given the Sanskrit. Like I've explained before, so much of this, the worship in all, in Gaudiya, Sampradaya comes from the Tantras, Agamas, the Panchatra, this side of the feminine, largely feminine side of the, of the scripture. Emphasis on Shakti there. Devi kahi doyotamana paramasundari kimba krishna puja kridara vasati nagari. Devi means, he was explaining this verse from the Sandra. Devi means resplendent and most beautiful. Or else it means the lovely abode of the worship of the love sports of Krishna. These are different names of Radha given in the Tantra. Devi. Krishna Mai. Krishna. Jar. Bitare Bahire. Gyangha. Gyangha. Netre. Pade. Tanha. Krishna. Spure. Krishna Mai means one who's within and without our Lord Krishna. Krishna Mai means filled with Krishna. So, from top to bottom, inside out. She sees Krishna wherever she casts her glance. Like I've said before, our object of worship is actually universal. And to the extent that we don't see that, realize that, there may be some moral gap or some shortcoming in us. We act in a particular way in the temple, we conduct ourselves. She's seeing Krishna wherever she looks. She's seeing Krishna. This is the ideal, to become like this. And to see the universality of our object of love. It doesn't mean that he disappears, as we see her example. It's not like in a Mayavad, impersonalist way. Everything in relation to Krishna, everything everything reminding her of Krishna, everything becomes impetus, you know, udipana. Hmm? These are extremes. It's one thing, for example, if you see, let us say, you see the shoes of your child, and then you feel the thoughts of your child, and your heart leaps. Oh, she's home. And she, then you come in at the door, and you see her shoes. Oh, she's home. That's udipana. It becomes impetus. Love is always there for your daughter. But then you see something that reminds you of a particular thing, and then it's an upsurge of that. So it's one thing like this in relation to Krishna. There are things that are directly in relation to Krishna. But then everything, the whole world becomes Udipana. This is like sudipta, the super-inflamed love. That's what it means when the scripture says, you see the cloud, is the color, and oh, it becomes Udipana, and the whole thing, the scale tips, and that love that's constant reaches a new height, a new height, this is rasa, overflowing. The whole world becomes 
no deepa no tilt. She's a whole life's on tilt. So Krishna Mayi and Kimbap Premrasa Maya Krishna Swarup Tanur Shakti Tanur Saha Hoi Ekrupa. Or he says Krishna Mayi, another meaning, means that she is identical with Lord Krishna. For she embodies the mellows of love. The energy of Krishna is identical with him. As we've often said. We said it earlier today. Krishna standing next to Radha, that is Swayam Bhagavan. And what does it mean? It's a manifestation of the Absolute that corresponds with the love that she personifies. This is why we say that the Lord is in the heart of the devotee, more than anywhere else. You know, we think that the Lord's in the deity more than the heart of the devotee, but the deity wouldn't be there if it weren't for the heart of the devotee, who sought to establish a temple, bring the deity, the deity agreed to come, there's a ceremony and everything, but people can recognize it and, and whatnot. So where is the deity? You know, he's in the heart of the devotee. This is very, very practical. It's a hard point for people to understand. You can see the kanishta in, our, in ourselves. The kanishta means, I see the Lord, for example, in the deity, but I don't have as much regard for the devotee. So in a classical sense, we, we have experience of something like that. I do. When the Vaishnava is, is advanced Vaishnava is giving a class and devotees are listening, and then somebody comes in, maybe like a, a Hindu person, for, to give an example, has no sambandagyan, but has some appreciation for the deity, comes in with his family and walks over people and makes a commotion, ignores the class, and stands in front of the deity, makes some prayer, and puts a rupee in the box and walks out makes a prayer for his family, wants a picture with him, standing next to the deity, or something, ignoring the, the class and so forth. So this is the typical, you know, classical example. He has faith in the deity, Krishna, but not in the devotee. doesn't recognize that manifestation, which is a, a greater manifestation. But this is all in us to some extent, too. The deity is a little easier to understand in some way than the devotee. Therefore, it said, Vaishnavera Kriyamudra Vigdena Bhujai. After all, the deity is more overtly a transcendental. And you have to conduct yourself in a certain way in front of the deity. There's all these rules. We don't hear all these rules that you have to conduct yourself in this way. Don't sit like this. Don't talk like that in front of the devotee. The devotee is closer to what we want. The deity is full of Aishwarya, actually. A devotee is, a, is, a, is, is a, the ideal of devotion. We say sakshadharitena samasta shastra. Gurudev is directly Krishna. But kintu, however, prabhoya priyavatas, he's dear to Krishna. That's more important. That will become more apparent to us in time because that's what we want. We want to follow his dearness to Krishna, his love for Krishna. And what is that love for Krishna? It's Krishna. That's where Krishna is. People want to see Krishna, but the, the teaching is to serve Krishna. And then you will see, but you cannot see otherwise. And the heart of the devotee, full of love for Krishna, this is where Krishna is, is to be found. This is where he's residing. A little service surrendered there. This is valuable. But it's more subtle, you see. Diffi more difficult to catch. The higher we go spiritually, the more subtle the manifestation of the Lord will be. Rajananda Krishna is the example. He's completely human. He doesn't do anything wonderful. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. What about all those demons? 
Vishnu is killing them. The Vishnu in him is killing them. When in, in Braj they think what? That he was blessed by Gargacharya, that Narayan would do wonderful things through him. So Narayan's wonderful, yeah, he does wonderful things. But Krishna is completely ordinary. How can he be special? How can Nandamaraj even think that he's special? In other than, you know, in, in, he's my son and charming. When sometimes wonderful things are attributed to him, I mean, manifestations of majesty in Aishvarya, like a coward voice may report, he did this, he did that, killed this demon. But, you know, then the boy's just crying for throwing a tantrum or, you know, he, then he you know, this is kids' stories. So difficult to understand Radha and Krishna. Very, very difficult, very subtle. We are always looking for some overt manifestation. Big, if it's big, it must be important. Even material, if it's big, something must be going on. It's how many people went. Like wherever I go, people ask about my ashram, how many devotees are there? How many devotees? There's about four or five. Including me, if I could include myself, I'd go to say five. Most of it is just four. Oh, oh, they, oh! Like, sorry, I asked. That was, I guess, that was pretty embarrassing, huh? He only got a few devotees. I thought he was a big, you know, charya or something. <laughs> so, if it's big, then it's important. If it's overtly spiritual, mystical, then. Must be only, only just chanting. Must be, you know, never touch the ground and so forth. But if the guru is just milking a cow, I don't know about that. Anybody could do that. Why is he doing that? Yeah, anybody could do anything, but nobody's pretty much doing anything. It means nobody's really paying attention to what they're doing, what it really is, and really getting out of every moment what's actually there and finding Krishna where he is. Where did Radharani find him? Everywhere, in everything. And how does she conduct herself? I mean, just like a girl. That's it. So it's, you're just like going to miss it without a whole bunch of philosophical explanation and so forth. You're just going to miss it. It's super extraordinary. Any degree of Aishwarya means less. We are moving in interest of jnana and karma. I mean, doing appearance of enjoying and renouncing. Enjoying and renouncing. So karma does some big manifestation, he does something big karma, he goes to heaven, he becomes a president, he becomes a rock star, he becomes big. It's we're interested. And if someone has detachment, walk on on glass, sleep on a bed of nails, stand on one leg, hair down to his, you know, butt, wrapped up in a thing, he can drink this they used to have this Buddhist guy he could drink, he would drink a fifth of gin while giving a talk. And he would remain lucid, and everybody would say, "Wow, that must—he must be just—that's yes, incredible." <laughs> so all these are, you know, powerful expressions, power. But love is the greatest power, and it's so subtle that we miss it. So this is this is Radha and Krishna. This is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to teach. So we see the deity; we act in a certain way. She sees Krishna everywhere. That's Krishna consciousness. Doesn't mean she became a Maya body. <laughs> Just sat down and did nothing. No. She's doing everything. Everything. That's bhakti. Doing everything. Every little thing. But with the right, proper understanding of what everything. This is the day for enlightenment. Even the Buddha got enlightened on this day, did you know? 
yeah, it's, it's called Vishaka Nakshatram. Anyway, under the Vishaka Nakshatram, the star of Vishaka. Vishaka is another name for Radha. She was born on the same day as Radha. So that asterism, that star has two names, Radha or Vishaka. On that day, under the Vishaka Nakshatram and the full moon, the Buddha got enlightened. They could, Vishaka, I think what they call it, Vishaka something, it's a big day for all the Buddhists. That was this day of enlightenment. <laughs> so, real knowing comes from her example. Rejecting nothing, finding Krishna in everything, fully interacting with the world, it's incredible. So much that you just look ordinary, but fully transcendental. So the deity, then there's some Aishvarya, some power there, and there's some these rules, how to conduct yourself and so forth, but we should try to trace it out, understand where the deity is coming from, coming from the heart of the devotee. If what it said, you can stop the arctic, the puja, if a great devotee comes in and turn and give attention to, to his or her needs. Indeed. Will it be an offense to do so? It will be an offense not to do so. Look at the case of Miniketa Naramdas and the Pujari in the house of Krishnadas Kaviraj. Story from Chaitanya Charitamrita, fifth chapter, how Kaviraj left home because he'd found in his house. Nityananda Prabhu was not being appreciated, not being regarded. So, Krishna is more present in the heart of the devotee. That's where he is. And so, Krishnamayi, Radha is called. Krishnamayi. Krishna is fully within her and fully without her. Her inside, her outside is Krishna. Wherever she looks is Krishna. Here he says that she is non-different from Krishna. She is Krishna. So we make this kind of statement. She is Krishna. But it doesn't mean like Shankar, Sampradaya. No. She is Krishna. It means that love of Krishna is Krishna. Love of Krishna is one with Krishna. That's where he is. That's where he manifests. It's the experience of love. Full love. The experience is Krishna. The person Krishna. Incredible idea. And so they try to describe him and so forth. In that way, adolescent, color of love, romantic love, and so on and so forth. So here, Krishna Mayi. The energy of Krishna is non-different from Krishna. Radha and Krishna, in this sense, one and different at the same time. Krishna Vancha Putti Rupa Kare Aradhani Atayva Radhika Nam Purane Bhakhane Her worship, Aradhana, consists of filling desires of Krishna. Therefore, the Puranas call her Radhika. That's what the name Radhika means. So, Krishna Devi, Krishna Mai, and Radhika. These are three names. Now he's going to go on about this name. Radhika, he quotes a famous, famous verse from Bhagavatam. This is where, <laughs> where Radharani's name is, is mentioned directly in comparison to all the other indirect references. And it's considered an indirect reference. But it's the most prominent indirect reference, is my point. It comes in Rasalila Anayaradhito Nunam Bhagavan Haririshvara Yanno Vihaya Govinda Pritoyam Anayadraha. The gopis, 
they said. After seeing the footprints of Krishna, they're following him. His footprints, he left the Rasa dance. They find another's footprints next to his footprints, and they make this statement. Truly, the, the Lord has the personality of Godhead, mm-hmm. Ishvara, Hadi, has been worshipped by her. Therefore, Govinda, being pleased, has brought her to a lovely spot, leaving us behind. So, Anaya Radita, Aradita. Anaya means this other one, Aradita, has worshipped better than us. Therefore, although he left us, he couldn't leave her. So she has worshipped better. Previous charges have attributed the speaking of this verse to Radha's handmaidens, those in her group, like Vishaka, Lalita, and so forth. Because they're looking at the footprints and they could understand. They know her footprints because they massage her feet. They know them very well. So they look and they analyze it and they say, oh. And they're proud to say, just see, to the other group, our goddess is worshipped and better. But Bhaktivinotaka gave a novel explanation and he said that actually Chandravali spoke the verse, which is just the opposite explanation. But it's a wonderful one in as much as if she makes the statement, then it's definitive. It comes out of her mouth because she's the chief competitor. These are the two dearest to Krishna, Radha and Chandravali. And they have their own group. If she makes it, the statement, it's an admission. Oh, she's actually the Supreme. Many ways, of course, to understand this verse. Upis, not only are they praising Radha, but they're criticizing Krishna. Bhagavan, Hari, Ishvara. I think we'll probably discuss that as time goes on. But I want to get through this section and just comment briefly. Ateva sarva puja parama devata sarva palika sarva jagatera mata. Therefore, Radha is, next name, parama devata, the supreme goddess, and she's worshipable for everyone. She is the protectress of all, and she is the mother of the entire universe. So, Devi, Devi, Krishnamayi. These names have been described. Radhika has been described. Now Paradevata has been described. All these names from the Tantra first that he is citing. Now Sarvalakshmi. Sarvalakshmi shabdo purve kuriyachi bhakyan. Sarvalakshmi gane antinho hana adhisthan. I've already explained the meaning of Sarvalakshmi, he says. Radha is the original source of the goddess of fortune. Or, he says, Kimba Sarbulakshmi Krishner Sadvida Aishvarja Tanra Adhisthatri Shakti Sarva Shakti Barja. Or, he says, Sarvalakshmi indicates that she fully represents the six opulences of Krishna. Therefore, she is the supreme energy of Lord Krishna. This is a really nice statement. How is Parashramuni? father of Vyas. He's also a Vyas or a compiler of the great uh, revealed texts and so forth. How is he described Bhagwan? He says, He describes the six opulences. He says, one who possesses six opulences. What are they? Wealth, fame, strength, beauty, knowledge, and renunciation. That person is Bhagwan. Bhagavan. In one sense, it means bond means to possess, so bhag means 
opulence. So one who possesses all opulence is Bhagwan. And what it, implication is that such a person will be all attractive because we are attracted to wealth, strength, fame, beauty, knowledge, and renunciation. And here, Krishna Das is saying what? He's saying, Sarvalakshmi means Krishnera Sadbhida Aishwarya. That she is the six opulences of Krishna. Radharani is the six opulences of Krishna. This is a very esoteric idea. Again, why is he worth noting, worth taking note of? Because he has all six opulences. So she is all those six opulences. So she's Krishna in this sense. It means that she is the wealth of Krishna. He has nothing else. This is his real wealth. Why? There's nothing else that he's interested in. This is his wealth. Radharani is his wealth. Therefore, if you want to get to him, if you pick his pocket, then he's going to take notice of you. If somebody takes your wealth, your money, they're going to get your attention. So she is the wealth of Krishna. She's the strength of Krishna. How is she the strength of Krishna? If you're weak, what do you do to get strength? You have to eat. So, we know in the Brajlila, she's the cook. She was blessed by Durvas. Whatever she cooks will taste like nectar. And nectar means amrit. And amrit means deathless. She's keeping Krishna alive. The idea of Krishna, the concept of Krishna, the reality of Krishna is being kept alive by Radha. She is his, his strength. Also, it's just like, you know, a young man doesn't feel comfortable at the party unless he's got his girlfriend or boyfriend, as whatever may be the case, the consort, the partner. Then you kind of feel like, oh, hey, because somebody is looking at you like, you're cool. And, and even if everybody else says no, it doesn't matter. She'll tell me I'm cool. So he gets strength from that. So she's his strength. She's his wealth, wealth, strength. And... Um, Beauty, as Prabhupada used to say, Krishna standing alone is not very beautiful, but when he's standing next to Radha, then he shines. Then he's beautiful. Wealth, strength, beauty, knowledge. Without Radha, we wouldn't know about Krishna. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna. In the mood of Radha, because of that we are knowing about it, all knowledge. His renunciation, just as we see in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, extreme renunciation, following in the mood of Radha, with regard to renunciation, he could give everything up, but he couldn't give up Radha. And in regard to fame, she's the fame of Krishna. How is she the fame of Krishna? Because when she comes in a, into a person's heart, this Ladini Shakti, that person becomes a devotee. What does a devotee do? Kirtan. What does Kirtan mean? To glorify Krishna, which makes him famous, makes him well-known. See, She's making him well-known all over the world. If it was not for her, who would know about him? You cannot be a devotee without her influence. This is Ladini Shakti. And she, who, who is she? She is the, the daughter of uh, Brishabhanu, uh, Raj and Kirtida. Kirtida is the mother of Radha. And Kirtida means, Kirti means fame. Kirtida, who gives fame? So, this is what it means. Kirtida gives the world Radha. And in this way, she is making Krishna famous. She's the daughter of Kirtida. That's, of course, a long story, but you know this Yogamaya was the son of Yashoda. 
but she was taken in exchange for the son of Devaki. Devaki Nandan Krishna was taken and exchanged for this Yogamaya, daughter, Subhadra. And in the prison house of Kamsa, when Kamsa came to kill the daughter, she went up in the air as a goddess, Shakti, and told him, I'm here, I'm there, I appear in these different places, and, and so forth, and frightened him and so forth. And she said that she went to reside in the, the Vindhya mountain range. This is like the mountain range that is in between, divides southern India from northern India. It's the southern side of the Ganga Basin. So it divides the south from the north. And uh, why did she go there? Well, it just so happens that these Himalayan mountains are a little proud. What are they proud of? Their daughter. Who is their daughter? Parvati. What is another name for Parvati? Sati. And so they're proud of their daughter because she's so chaste to her husband, Mahadev, Shiva. Bhagavatam gave the whole story of her chastity. Right? One of those stories of Bhagavatam. How does it have anything to do with Radha? Some other story. You say the book's all about Radha. Anyway, so Sati, she got the name because she wouldn't attend the function of her husband, of, of her father, because her husband wasn't invited, because her father, Daksha, didn't understand her husband, who wasn't well-kept, dressing in ashes and garlanded with skulls and, and surrounded by uh, ghostly people and so forth. He, uh, he thought, how can I invite him to a, to a sacrifice, a function? And uh, it's a karmic function. And, of course, why would he come? He's a renunciate. You know, he's got knowledge. He has no interest there. He wouldn't come if he was invited. Naturally, Parvati thinks he should be invited. She, she thinks he should be invited because actually we should renounce all those things. <laughs> those things are really not in our interest. Big sacrifices to be, become a big person materially and become a god and go to heaven and so forth and just worry about dying and having to become a human again, which is what they do, basically. The timeline is long, but they worry too. They're going to have to become a human. They don't experience the human problems, but they're not free from them by time's influence. They will catch up with them again. But neither, of course, do they have the human, the negative impetus then that the humans have for spiritual life. Therefore, the value of human life, again, Krishna comes to validate the value of human life. If we just would look at the whole picture of it, what it is, we could understand it. And all impetus is there for perfecting your life. Human form is this most valuable, more valuable than the gods. Humans are so confused about the value of their humanity. They so much are not settled in it and understand that they want to go to heaven, become a god. When they get there, they're worried about again becoming humans. But Krishna's coming to human society fully. Yeah, he's there also in the Deva Lok as Vamana. He appears as the younger brother of uh, Indra. But to what extent is he there? Yeah, he's there. He's, he rides on Garuda. He comes in, rides on Garuda. He doesn't even get off. Just like comes by, drops by outside, stops the car. Hi. 
Everybody's clapping. Please, please save us from the demons. Please save us from fear. We're all afraid up here because it's happened. Sometimes the demons overtake the demigods and then they become displaced and so forth. Don't let that happen. That's all they're asking for. Save us from that so we can go on being gods and enjoying. In vomit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's not interested in, really in them. And all the prayers. This is not of much interest to him. This is what we learned from Brihad Bhagavatamrita. This is what we learned from Bhagavad Gita. This is what we learned from Ramananda Sambhava, which is the essence of Chaitanya Charitamrita. All these, where we get these gradations of you know, teaching and so forth. It's all the same, same, the same thing. But he comes to fully Krishna to the human society. Completely. He's human. Completely human-like. He's God, but he's completely like us. He's going to show us what the value of human life, what you can get from it if you pay attention. So, Parvati, she wants Shiva to come. She thinks, yeah, these people should learn something, get some knowledge that the folly of sacrifices for getting good material reactions so you can go to heaven and, and so But What does this have to do with pleasing God? Vishnu thinks that her husband is more pleasing. Worship of him is better. Of course, he told her, Aradhananam Sarvesham Vishnu Aradhanam Param. She asked him once, what's the highest kind of worship? What did he say? Worship of Vishnu is the highest. She became a little disappointed because she's a worshiper of him. And he said, oh, but my dear Devi, you should understand. Higher than the worship of Vishnu is the worship of that which is Tadiya, which is dear to Vishnu. And what is dear to Vishnu? Devotees, Vaishnamanam Mitashambhu, it says about Shiva, he's a great Vaishnav. Then she became very happy. You know? So he, he has he exemplifies the jnana and renunciation and so forth. But if we look deeply also, he's a Vaishnav. And that also means that the renunciation is also there in Bhakti. So anyway, then she burned herself. This is the, the famous Sati rite. That's then everybody. <laughs> Burn that lady. You know, her husband's dead. Burn that witch. If she was chased, you know, grab her, throw her in the fire. Becomes this really demonic affair and very much misunderstood and so forth. Anyway, Himalayas were proud of Sati. This is what her Sati ride is about. She's upset with this pompous display and use of energy for just material advancement. Someone who has knowledge will be a little upset with that. That's their kindness towards us. So it's a protest to that. At any rate, the Himalayas, they're proud of her. We've got the most chaste daughter. Let's see. So this Parvati, Sati, yes, she's chaste, but of all the chaste ladies, no one can compare with Radha. And of course, the wonderful thing is that she looks ostensibly like the most unchaste lady. This is a good lesson to learn. That People say, I'm the most chaste, I'm the most chaste, and I'm the most chaste. I follow Prabhupada the most. We follow him. You start to question, hmm, you got to say it so much, so often? <laughs> You're trying to convince yourself? You're not convincing me. <laughs> And what may not appear to be chastity may be chastity, really, in the real sense, in the dynamic sense. So this is Radha, most chaste. So, Yogamaya, she went to live in the Vindhya, there. 
then she inspired the, the mountain to want to have a more chaste daughter than the Himalayas. It's a mountain competition. And so then Yogamaya transferred Radhika from the womb of Kirtida to the Himalayas. It was, it was like her daughter, like miscarriage or something. And then what happened? Well, the hills got this daughter, Radhika, and they might have thought, what is this? We wanted one more chaste. Of course, it would be played out. They didn't know, but she was just a young girl, but it would be played out over time. This is Yogamaya's desire to show Radhika is the most chaste lady. Make poverty, you know, questionable in comparison. It means she's never really no question about her chastity to Shiva, but Shiva is what? Is he the most complete manifestation of Bhagavan? No. We're all coming from Bhagavan, so chastity to our source. He's the husband of everyone. So, who's chaste to Krishna? This must be the most fullest manifestation of chastity. So this would all come play out, of course, in, in, in Leela. That Putana came. You know, Putana was going around at the time. Radhika's born one year and one and two weeks later than Krishna on the most auspicious day in his, uh, his chart. She's born. So that Putin is out and about looking for killing the boys and capturing the girls. He did, Kamsa was not taking any chances. The oracle was at the eighth son, but he thought, hmm, who knows? Could have just got it wrong a little bit. Eighth something. So he was collecting the daughters. He wasn't killing the daughters. And he, would, to, he engaged this Putana to capture the daughters. She collected up a bunch of them. So she went to the, the Vindya, this part of the Vindya Hills and captured that Radhika. And then the priest of the mountain, then he offered some sacrifice that caused her to drop the child over the bridge. And Purnamasi, who was Yogamaya, in the bridge, went there and collected three, four, five girls who she had. These all were principal gopis and delivered them. And then Kirtida said, Oh, my, my daughter's here. This way. She gave fame, Kirtida. Made Krishna famous. Giver of fame. Yashoda also means giver of fame. Yasho, Yasho means fame. Da. But what did Yashoda do? She gave away the fame of having Krishna as her son. Who did she give it to? Devaki. Devaki is famous as the mother of Krishna for most people. Yashoda is... She only wants to be the mother. She doesn't care about the fame. Give that to somebody else and leave me alone here in the brudge with my son. Don't come in here with your arctic and lamps and, uh, and all these things, worshipping him. That's out of place here. You can do that over there in Mathura, Dwarka, Baikuntha, other places. We want him here just like one of us. So in this way, the fame also, she is. And Sarvasondarja Kanti Vaishaye Janhate Sarvalakshmi Ganer Shobahoi Janha Hoite. The word Sarvakanti, another name, indicates that all beauty and luster rest in her body. All Lakshmis derive their beauty from her. Kimba Kanti Shabde Krishna Shab Ichakohe Krishna Shakalavancha Radhate Rahe. Kanti may also mean that. All desires of Lord Krishna rest in Radharani. Radhika Karen Krishna Banchita Puran 
Sarvokanti Shabder E Arto Bibharan. Srimati Radhika fulfills all the desires of Lord Krishna. This is the meaning of Sarvakanti. Jagat Mohana Krishna Tanhar Mohini Ataiva Samaster Para Thakurani. Lord Krishna chants the whole world, but Radha enchants even him. Therefore, she is the supreme goddess of all. Radha Purna Shakti Krishna Puna Shakti Man Dvibastu Bhednai Shastra Praman. She Radha is the full power of Krishna. And Krishna is the possessor of full power. The two are non-different, as evidenced from the revealed scriptures. So the one becomes two. This is his verse. The two are one, and they're two at the same time. Mrigamada targandha jyoyche abhiched agni jwalate jyoyche kobunahi bed. They are indeed the same, just as musk and its scent are inseparable, or as fire and heat are non-different. Radha Krishna Iche Sadda Ekai Swarup Lila Rasa Ashwadite Dhare Duirup Thus Radha and Krishna are one, yet they have taken two forms to enjoy the mellows of pastimes. Prem Bhakti Sekhaite Apone Abhutari Radha Baba Kanti Dui Angi Karkari Sri Krishna Chaitanya Rupe Koila Abhutar Eta Panchama Shloka Artha Prachar. To promulgate Prem Bhakti, Krishna appeared as Sri Krishna Chaitanya with the mood and complexion of Sri Radha. Thus I have explained the meaning of the fifth verse. Radha Krishna Pranay Vipri Ladini Shakti Rasmad. The pastimes of the love of Radha and Krishna is all conducted by Ladini Shakti. The one, eternally one, becomes eternally two. The two again become one. Shaitanyakam prakatam madhunata dvayam chaikam aptam. Radha bhava duti suvalitam nomi krishna swarupam. This is his fifth verse. Then in this chapter he will go on now and explain the meaning of the sixth verse. So both of these are about the confidential reasons for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance. And as you can see, they have much to do with Radha's love for Krishna. Any questions? Yes. I have a question regarding um, gender in the spiritual world versus in the material world. It seems that there they would there's really no point. I mean there is a transcendental plane and yet all these you know all the personalities there are depicted as being, you know, gopis or gopas and so forth. So it seems like it must be an appearance. It, it can't really be the same as gender for us. Right. So I'm just wondering how that works. Is is gender in the material world like a kind of like a reflection of that image or something? Or? Well, it's the influence of the modes of material nature, the three gunas. And there you have the influence of Sambit, Sandini, and uh, Ladini. So, you know, your Ladini is your Thomas. Oh, wow. <laughs> You see? It's pleasure, it's ignorance. Love is ignorance. And joy is, you know, uh, ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. This is the idea. So it's ent- <laughs> a whole different affair. And this is, this is, uh, like here, it said, Prakritikriya manani gunaika mani sarvasa, ahankara vimudatma, kartam iti manyate. You're not doing anything. It's all the influence of the modes of nature. 
Sattva-guna, Raja-guna, Tama-guna. You think you're the doer, that are actually performed by material nature. Do the influence of a hunkar, false ego, false identity, identification with matter. So it's constituted in a particular way, combination of these modes of nature in its functioning. So this material nature, this maya shakti, this is like a distorted manifestation of the surup shakti. And we are like a partial manifestation of the surup shakti. So there's pleasure, there's ladini, there's, there's existence, there's sandini, there's, there's sambit, there's knowledge. It means there's material pleasure. I mean, there is some pleasure, but in the bigger picture, it's, it's suffering. And so it's a distorted expression of pleasure. And there is existence, but it's here today and gone tomorrow. Whatever exists is like, does it exist? Look at it now. Now you see it. Now you don't. And uh, so... <laughs> With knowledge, material knowledge, it's like a like a like a distortion of actual knowledge. So this is uh, again the influence of the modes of material nature. And so it's all conducted by the Maya Shakti. There, it's all conducted by the Sarup Shakti, and it's all what do we call bhava. So it's a, all these feelings, love, and and then they're depicted as you know having shape. So you study the bhava, then you understand what's the cowherd, what, what's a gopi, and, and so forth. The gender in the spiritual world exists for the sake of loss. Yeah. And, you know, in a basic sense, here the, the bhava is purusha bhava. Everyone has got the bhava of the purusha, the enjoyer. And everyone's got the prakriti bhava, the, the bhava of the, of the enjoyed. So we, we, here we want to enjoy, and that means that amounts to exploitation. And there we agree to be, you know, we held up the white flag. We agree to be enjoyed. Well, we can say we decided if you can't beat him, join him. And as he expresses himself, enjoy. So, who is Radha? Is Krishna expressing himself, his joy, by manifesting outside of himself that Ladini Shakti? And so, with everybody else, all other players in the Leela, and then all jivas that, that come there under the influence of the Surup Shakti, Bhagavan is expressing himself. So no separate will. And then how he wants to express himself through us, and we participate in the Leela. This is the idea. So it's all all bhava. What can we say about it? It's like trying to teach a deaf man about music. And it's the task we have. We try and we give examples and see, and see there so we easily misunderstood and because it really doesn't measure up. Nothing here can compare. It's just a dim, distorted reflection. And what can you know about the sun from, you know, a dim reflection of it? You have to give an example where you're in a cave, you know, and a little crack in the wall, a little light comes through. What do you know about the sun? You know nothing. If I say, the sun is an ocean, what about that? It's the biggest ocean. That's why sometimes Radharani said that she comes from the ocean of Vrishabhanu. Vrishabhanu means great light. So, that's Brahman. But in the world, the great light is the sun. And it's an ocean. Because why? The ocean's a big body of water, right? But how big is it? It's only in one place. But there's no shore to the ocean of the sun. right? It sends water everywhere. The sun takes water, all kinds of water, all kinds of moisture, 
even what's not water, takes urine and turns it into water. And then gives it everywhere. So sun's the o- this is poetry. And the sun's ocean. Heat becomes water. We think materially one cancels the other out, but no. They're one and different. So then it, how can you tell somebody in a damp cave, you point to the water and it's, this is the sun. This comes from the sun and it's hot. <laughs> See that little crack of light? See there? That's this too. So what? What is bigger than vegetation and everything growing on on sun? How can somebody in a cave who lived their whole life in a cave understand? It's very difficult. This is the task. How to make them understand? Bring them out of the cave. That's the point. You can't stay in here and understand this. You've got to come out. Oh, but that's, you know, troublesome. I've got to climb up there. It's, it's problematic. No, that's what you've got to do. Can I understand here? Yeah, it's some understanding, very limited. Now you have to go up topside and you'll be blinded there. You'll be blinded. And cave life, retired forever. Never going back to the cave. It's only like God or like the spiritual world because it's part of everything. But you're just like in such a tiny little spot and trying to make the whole thing out of that. It's a folly. You've got to come out. This is the teaching. Like Prabhupada, sometimes some devotees would ask something about the, the spiritual world and Prabhupada would say, they would want some detail and Prabhupada would say something like, why don't you go there and find out? Why are you wasting my time with just trying to gratify your intellect with some information? Why don't you go there and find out? So I've given you the means to go there. Why don't you go? Good answer. Of course, some information is required to help us go, but he gave quite a bit. And you could tell that someone was wasting his time. He didn't want to take the answer and actually apply it, but just gratify their intellect and think, now they know. Oh, she has this color eyes and this color skin and, and this color dress. I mean, she wears the same color dress every day? This is just a way of talking about that. Therefore, if you read the description of Radharani and Chaitanya Charitamrita, in Ramananda Sambhad, the conversation with Ramananda Roy, how does he describe her body to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Her eyes are this emotion, her ears are this emotion, her complexion is this emotion, her bath is this emotion. Mahabhav Surupini. She is the embodiment of Mahabhav. So what to speak of understanding Radharani? We can't even understand anything about the spiritual world. She, she, the spiritual world is based on Bhav. The essence of, of love is bhav, of prem is bhav, and the essence of prem is mahabhav. And she's mahabhav swarupi. She's the form of that. What kind of form is that? It's, it's, so we describe like this, she looked like this, she looked like that. But you have to avoid the tendency of just making it out to be that and child draws a little cartoon picture here. That, you know, you've captured her. That's it. You know. How good is the artist's painting? You want to perfect the painting, it just look just like this, and, and the deity. What color is Krishna? Black. Well, more, most of the deities are white marble. Someone asked Prabhupada, well, I thought Krishna was black. He was just saying, you know, you don't understand anything. Okay, you know, do the worship. You've just seen a stone, that's all. 
It doesn't matter what color we paint it. Just preoccupied like the heart just remains a stone. That's all. You're just a stone worshiper. No, no, we do all the own, this, that, and we're not worshiping. Yeah, you are. You're trying to make it, bring it down to your level. Make it something mundane and get a grip on it. Then you got that, then they become just this dogmatic sect that's, that's control, you're trying to control Krishna. Control the whole thing. It's the whole, that's the whole idea of Maya, trying to control things. And then we try to control what is Krishna consciousness. Be careful. Don't let him think like that. Don't let him think at all. This is, <laughs> this is what happens, more often than not. So therefore we need people like Sridharmaj who call himself a form breaker rather than a form maker. I think myself to be more of a form breaker. Then they said, oh, he's in my body. He wanted to break the form of Krishna. <laughs> How confused can you get? Another person's hearing that going, yeah, that's what we want, form breakers. And the guy you've been serving with shoulder to shoulder for years is going, just see, he's in my body. He's breaking the form. And you look over and go, whoa, where am I? Where have I been? What company have I been? Real conducive group means like-minded persons. And where they may come from, you may be surprised sometimes. Sri Radha Stamiki Jai. Radha Stamiki Mahamutvatiti Ki Jai Jai Sri Radhe Ki Jai. Oh, it's the man on the...